This volleyball scene is so hot, isn't it, Mom? As we all know, once Eugene likes a movie, he watches it a hundred times in three months. I like correcting you on fickle shit tonight, I guess. That's what I'm getting at. It's like my asshole, but I still want to look at it. Slightly roused and feeling bad about myself. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that says, Long live the new flesh, because the old flesh is chubby and brittle-boned. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm Eric Werner. <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. And how are we doing tonight? <laughs> oh, just hobbling on over to the computer to get all set up for the podcast. Yep, I'm, I'm good, recovering, but good. <laughs> I, I'm going to make um, gimpy jokes all night. I yes, am just planning on you, doing that. Yes, as you should. And I am actually wearing my Homer J. Simpson uh, slippers that your mom got me for um, uh, for a wedding present when I got married. Do you remember those? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, she got me big Homer J. Simpson uh, slippers, and they they feel real good on my on my uh, sprained ankle. So, <laughs> yeah, yep. That's great. Yeah. So what do you what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight is uh, Klein McGregor. Mm. Yep. And I am on to uh, Hardwood Canadian. Well, you Ooh. you were drinking that last week. I said, yeah. "Wow, it's time for that again." Yeah. I yeah, like I it. actually, I actually wanted to switch things up tonight and get into some of my gin, but I'm like, you know what? No, that's that's a bad combo for podcast. And then I got a busy evening tomorrow. I'm like, let's keep it to where what my stomach knows works. And yeah, it's a, it's a bad alcohol altogether. It is. It's yeah, it's anything that shave. Yes, anything that tastes like uh, urinal cakes, you probably shouldn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious how you know what urinal cakes. Uh, taste yeah. like, but we'll save that for another. We'll episode. save that for another. Yeah, <laughs> we'll delve into that in another. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, anything else? I'm I'm wiped out, man. What a day. Um, oh, I'll I'll get rid of the. Uh, I'll take. I'll get rid of the the yeah. contact info real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. Please do. You can reach us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Our Facebook page is Facebook slash moviefreakspod, and then you can tweet us all sorts of tweety mctweeters at uh, moviefreakspod. Well done, sir. Doing some final prep here. Okay. Let's move on to the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies from Netflix in hopes of finding those gems in the rough, because they're not all gems. <sighs> Last episode, it was Blackout, up against Kill Me Three Times, and I go first. Blackout, a 2013 TV movie, and the IMDb synopsis was, there is a power cut in the UK for a week, and this is the docudrama about that. Word for word, that's what it says. Okay. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. It's a mix of actual real footage from some blackout that they had over there, and then fictionalized story of what would have been like, I think if it had gone on longer, I don't know what the real thing that happened was. Okay. But I'm presuming it didn't get this bad. I, I, I think we would have heard more about it. But there is a fictionalized aspect to about two-thirds of this movie. And the other could almost qualify as stock footage, if you will. Oh, okay. Uh, the the first third of this movie, I was like, yep, you're in the background while I do other crap, because I hate you. Uh, I'm not liking this at all. Uh. And, um, thank God that it's short, but the, 
more it went on, I kind of was paying a little more attention. It started following like three or four individual uh, people or groups as they were struggling to, uh, one woman and her daughter were trying to get to the grandma because she's diabetic and she's having problems and it's, you know, I don't know, uh, England that well, too, New Hampshire, Birmingham, something, and gotcha. so it's too far away, and the roads are closed because of traffic jams, because everything's running electric, and people are going crazy and robbing grocery stores, and uh, another one... Uh, were these two guys that were just trying to get home so they could see their uh, could see his son and they were kind of shady and they started acting shady because all the cameras were out you know UK has a ton of cameras to record everything while well, knowing that everything's out they were like oh well, we can steal a car now no big deal oh and uh that what was the other one yeah, oh these people that were like uh your survivors we got a generator we grow our own food we are prepared for these sort of events and then Hmm, not going to spoil it. Let's just say that from the introduction of all these people and the way that things started to go, you, my suspicions were, okay, this is not good. This is what's going to happen to them. This is not good. That's what's going to happen to them. And they'll probably be all right. And it was kind of the reverse for all of them. So all right, was, this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being very kind. It was it was pleasantly surprising to see that I was wrong on how the individual stories worked out for the most mm. part, and there was a couple of interesting things along the way. You're on your own as far as rec- recommendation of watching this one. Um, okay. I'm gonna. I want to try and keep it short tonight for the roulette because we're we got a ton of crap to talk about. Okay. Um. But uh, you're on your. Do not consider this one a high recommendation. I, I mean, I honestly didn't know what, what a grade I would give it, and now being gunned to my head, forced to for the show, I, four and a half out of ten. Okay. Uh, I didn't hate watching it when it was all said and done. I was like, eh, I had some interesting ideas and shit, but will I ever watch it again? No. Yeah. In, so in, other, of, in other words, six months from now, I'll be like, dude. That movie sucked. Why did you say that was, this was so good and that I had to watch it? I can't believe you made me watch this piece of shit. I I imported the Blu-ray from yeah. UK. <laughs> it cost me thirty dollars or thirty quid or whatever. Re- region B seven, you prick. <laughs> okay, uh, that that's it for Blackout. Over to Lieutenant Dan for Kill Me Three Times. Okay, what do you, what do you... Kill Me Three Times. <laughs> Finally, this movie gets this movie gets watched, and um, you know. I, I set my expectations low and they were met. If this is if you see the trailer and I watch the trailer, I'm like, it's pretty much exactly what the trailer looks like. Professional hitman, and there's like three different storylines going on, and you know everything's gonna intertwine, and it's a total paint by the numbers uh, crime caper comedy type thing. Simon Pegg is the uh strangely, he is the villain in the movie, but he's like the He's Simon Pegg playing a bad guy. So if that does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so he's still it's entertaining and it's still kind of worth the yeah. trip, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I was never bored. It had a couple of really funny parts, and a couple of the actors here are like, no, wait a minute, him. I remember him. There's one guy. I actually looked him up. His name is uh, Callan Mulvey. I be- believe is how you pronounce his name. He was. Um, I could tell by his eye. His one eye like kind of goes a different direction. Um, okay. And I'm like, where have I seen that guy before? I'm like, he was the, uh, the soldier in BVS. And sure enough, yeah, he was. He was the 
he was the one soldier guy, the Russian soldier guy. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and uh, so he's in this, and he's he's good in this. But the cast is pretty good. It's it's got Luke Hemsworth, which is the other brother to the Hemsworth. The not, the not Hemsworth. Thor. Yeah, yeah, Thor, and Thor you can Light. tell he's he's. You can tell he's Thor light, <laughs> but yeah, it, it moves along in a good clip there, and it's uh, there's uh, some surprisingly graphic violence in it here and there. I'm like, oh, well, okay, but it it was entertaining enough, but it set expectations very low. It's forgettable, uh, but yeah, it was just it's a Netflix movie, a Netflix movie that I'm not I'm not pissed that I watched. So, uh, so, it sounds like something to leave rotting in the queue for that one mm-hmm. bad month that Netflix is having when you're like, ah, I need something in the middle. Yes, that's... It's totally serviceable uh, junk food. Okay. So. Ready to move on? I am, yes. Okay. Next round. Okay, for you, I've got three beautiful gems here. <laughs> your oh, token yeah. horror movie is invoked but it actually has kind of a cool premise i think five friends boozing it up on a desolate island go missing but their camcorder tells the terrifying tale of a seance gone seriously wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah no, that sounds awesome of course yeah. to me <laughs> chronicles of the ghostly tribe uh asian film <laughs> here are my actual notes ready no good synopsis Chinese, uh, special effects, superpowers, giant beasties, ancient evils, look sweet. Because I watched the trailer and I couldn't find a good synopsis anywhere that really delved yeah. into it. it. Kind of an adventure thing and, you know, you have awoken the ancient... There wasn't even any dialogue in the trailer, so you just had to guess. From, okay. You have yeah. awoken the ancient evil of something while you adventure in some tombs, <laughs> and now some people have superpowers, and look, there's giant kaiju over there. And then the yeah. tentacles and yeah. Yeah, yeah. candies and slime sure. and stuff, yeah. Yep. Hour 45 or so. It's like, look, <laughs> under two hours, all right, good to go. Yeah. And hmm. lastly is Hard Target 2, starring... Bum, 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 Tom at Scott Atkins. Tom at- <laughs> For crying out loud. And the show's done. Scott Atkins. <laughs> uh, Scott Atkins joint, yes. Um, with Rona Mitra. She's in this. Remember her? Yeah. Huh. I thought that was um, interesting. I'm like, yeah. oh, she's still around. I don't think that she uh, deserves to be uh, in, in cinema jail. I mean, the stuff she's been in has been kind of dodgy, but it's not like we've seen her in so much that it's like, you, stop. She's, yeah, no. I, I like her. Even if she's been in some shitty movies, yeah. But so many actors have. What's uh, even uh, what's her name? I actually, I, I purposely try to avoid her movies if I have to. Uh, Transformers girl. Um, no, Megan Fox. Yeah, I, I, I me. loathe her. I. Uh, me too. Me too. So. Mm. Hence, why I bought uh, Jennifer's body for two dollars on Blu-ray. Well. I'm yes. sure that, um, hey, any of our listeners, if you would like a copy of Jennifer's Body for $2.50, it'll be on <laughs> Blu-ray.com in about three days. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm like, what if? What if that movie is slightly better than I remember nope. and it's only $2? Nope. 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 It's, it's great until she speaks. Yeah, That's... I was going to say, the, the dialogue's great, right? No. No. I, even the dialogue might be okay, but it's her delivering it. Therefore, mm. no, it's 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 painful. 
even some of the ideas going on in that movie aren't horrible. It's just, she is so bad. Yeah. Anyway, enough about, yeah. Yep. Over to you. Okay. Uh, Professor X. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, that was good. That took me just a split second to, yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's Gimpy Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> Okay, first up is Let's Go to Prison from 2006, Will Arnett. This is a comedy, which I generally don't throw those your way, but Bob Odenkirk directed it, and it looks kind of funny. Uh, I really actually like the cast in this movie. Like, there's a lot of people that I recognize. Uh, Dax Shepard is in this. I think mm-hmm. he's fun. I think he's funny. Michael Shannon is in it. Um, so yeah, it's, it pretty much, the title is the movie, from from what I'm gathering. Let's go to prison. Uh, next up is Indie Game, Life After. And let me just type this in here, you see. That is a sequel. Oh, it is? Yep, to a documentary called Indie Game. Oh, okay. Or indie Games. Uh, I, I watched it, and I reviewed it on the show. Oh. Uh, the original. I watched the original. I didn't know the okay. sequel was on Netflix, so that was okay. A good, that was a fine ad. Okay. Uh, so yeah, then you know about this. Moving on. Uh, last but not least, one well, you maybe our maybe the listeners would like to be clued in. <laughs> eh, moving on. <laughs> now, indie game. It's about video gamers uh, or video game developers, and um, uh, what happened after indie game? <laughs> yeah, actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. So now I will say that the runtime on that is a bit long, uh, two hours and five minutes. That's a pretty long movie, but but it is something that I would imagine that you would be very interested in. So that's why I included it on uh, the roulette. And last but not least is uh, one that you had thrown my way. This does sound quite good. Thirteen cameras. Uh, Claire and Ryan, a newlywed couple, move into a new house across. Uh, the country only to find out that their marital st- uh, issues are the least of their problems. Unbeknownst to them, unbeknownst to them, their grim and uh, creepy landlord has been spying on them from day one. Ha, ha. So there you go. <laughs> okay, I'm up first. I'll make it short and sweet. Uh, let's go to prison right off the bat. I was like, you got to be kidding me with this uh just from what huh what is this looking at it on netflix <laughs> but i went and watched the trailers uh indie games obviously i'm going to add because i liked the first documentary entry in this series so I, i'm going to watch that one 13 cameras is still going to be bouncing around in roulette purgatory and i'm going to take let's go to prison that looked genuinely funny and oh nice yeah i'm gonna comedy I'll, I'll give it a shot we'll see what happens yeah okay um okay as far as my roulette, this is this is fairly easy. Again, I had a couple of real shitty horror movies, so I'm gonna just sit out the horror movies for a bit. And uh, <laughs> panties and tentacles and slime. Let's give that one a rest for now. So hard target uh, two. Oh, give that one a rest. I was like <laughs> yeah. about to fall out of my chair. He's gonna yeah. take it. I can't believe it. <laughs> no, it's gonna be the Scott Atkins joint, of course. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine that I won't at least derive some. Minor enjoyment out of that. Yep, I was really happy that it popped up on Netflix. And I, I had no I, idea it was being made. I'm like, what? <laughs> Nor did anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I was yeah. I, doubly excited considering it's a Scott Atkins deal. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. I say that wraps up the roulette. Hard target two, and let's go to prison. That uh, sounds... It's, it's hard target up against a prison. It sounds kind of homoerotic. Yep, it probably right. is. It's like everything else in this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hard target goes to prison. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's it's... go to prison to find a hard target too. There you go. Now, see, yeah, two. Now, what? now it's a gay porn. Unless it, uh, part two. <laughs> we get to part seven, then it's it's getting yeah, it's getting real. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on to the next segment, uh, because this one probably going to take a while, and I want to, I'm not trying to rush, 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 rush tonight, but it's sort of like, I got a lot of movies that I want to talk about, and we're going to get stuck on this. Yeah. Uh, in, in place of Rabbit Trail tonight, we decided to revisit a segment we've done before called Director Spotlight, so we're breaking down tonight the works of David Cronenberg. Um... Yeah, usually we start off with a lot of trivia, but I read a ton of trivia and a ton of quotes, and I'm like, yeah, it's all kind of by the numbers here. Went to college, started making films. There wasn't a lot in there where I was like, holy crap, I got to read this note. Yeah. So I will say, did you did you find it interesting, the whole uh, Canadian tax deal? That's kind of how he got started? Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I think that's kind of interesting how, you know, that some of his stuff may not have even been made had it not been for that whole tax break thing going on. Yeah, but at the same time, it's sort of, it's this phantom menace. We're going to sit around and talk about trade deals. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> trade deals. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, and the audience is just like, what? Uh, get on with the Darth Maul already. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, and, and, and we'll replace that with talking. Usually, we just do top five, but I thought maybe we could skip that and do more uh, talking about yeah. the films and just get right into that jazz. Yeah. Um. So, how do we want to do this? What, what do you have for like? I got. You asked me if I'd seen enough of his films, and so I went through his IMDb, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I've got more enough in there. I've seen eleven of his films. There's ten of them that I haven't seen, but I figured." I've seen the the most uh, well known of them, so I, yeah. I I should have enough of a foothold in being able to talk about the guy. Okay, I've um, seen four. I've seen fourteen, and there's four that I have here that I did not. Although well, it feels like I'm missing a couple because it seems like you have more. I, I didn't even include the pre uh, shivers stuff. Okay, so, I, I thought about not including that, but they had it on both the wiki and on okay. IMDb, so I just threw it in there. But but it's all on my I haven't seen. Okay. Uh, stuff. Um, let's let's just real quick talk about the ones we have not seen. I'm gonna okay. run through mine since I apparently have more chronologically here. Uh, starting in 1969, Stereo, Crimes of the Future. I never even heard heard of those. Uh, Rabid. I tried really hard to watch, but I couldn't find it. I, I don't have it. Fast Company. Never heard of Dead Ringers. I've heard of, but I have not watched. Naked Lunch is one I've been trying to watch forever, but it's freaking Criterion, so you got to blind buy the shit. M. Butterfly, another recent one that I have never heard of. I don't know what that is. A Dangerous Method, uh, now now these recent ones I haven't seen. Dangerous mm. Method, Cosmopolis, and Maps to the Stars. Which, okay. uh, they just, uh, they, I, I wasn't really intrigued by any of the plot synopsis on, on any of them, so, eh. Yeah. But uh, I, I will eventually check all of these off just because they're Cronenberg's. But yeah. I want to get out there what we haven't seen, just so that people understand why these aren't on our list. 
in one way or another. It's don't blame us. We just haven't watched them. Yep, what, agreed. What, what about you? Uh, okay, so be, like I said, anything that is uh, pre-Shivers I have not seen. And then, like you said, I haven't seen Fast Company. Uh, I have not seen Dead Ringers and Butterfly Maps to the Stars and A Dangerous Method. I have seen everything else that uh, that he's made, to my knowledge. So. I'm sorry, was M. Butterfly in there? Yes, okay. M. Butterfly. Yep. So, and M. Butterfly was, I mean, that's a bit of an older movie, I thought. Um, didn't that come out? Yeah, that's 1993, so that's a bit of an older movie. Yeah, and I'm surprised you haven't seen Dead Ringers. Uh, yeah, of all the movies that I haven't seen, I'm like, that's the main one. I'm like, why have I never watched Dead Ringers? Now, that one, uh, Scream Factory, is releasing here soon. So rest assured I'll be visiting that one. It sounds right up my alley. It sounds really good. And that's uh, supposedly one of his uh, still more of a body horror type thing. And I love his body horror movies. I agree. So Okay, you said you had 14 on your list that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, Do you have those ranked 14 to 1? Yes, I do. Uh, go up to 11. Start at 14 and go up to 11. Okay, the worst uh, movie that I have seen from David Cronenberg is easily Cosmopolis, which I reviewed on uh, this show. That was a roulette pick. And uh, you, for some reason, like for me, up until, let's say, um, man, I, I would say A History of Violence. Um, all of his movies, you could tell this is a David Cronenberg movie with a history of violence. That's where it starts to be like it, which I, I love, but it, that could have been made by someone else that did not have that David Cronenberg type feel. Cosmopolis is it, that could have been made by a, what a Joe Schmo, whatever. I just, it does feel like there was a real turn at history of violence where yeah. he just was focusing more on characters. And one of the quotes yeah. I found for him were, was talking about how, um, Special effects are such a pain in the ass, and he doesn't like doing them. He cares more about character. So, obviously, as he's getting older, it makes more sense that he's going that route, and it's with uh, positive and negative outcomes. But, you know, I I would rather have him make more movies than less, even if some some are misses. Yeah. So, Cosmopolis... We're going to talk about a history of violence, sir. Good, because I just got done watching it uh, two nights ago, three nights ago? A couple nights ago. we'll, we'll, We'll get to that. We'll get to it. Okay. I got a little so, bit of a rant on that. Okay. So Cosmopolis is the worst thing I've seen from him. Okay. Next up, um, now you're going to be surprised at this one, uh, but that would be Naked Lunch. Well, I'm not surprised at that. I all but hated that movie. <laughs> now, I, but I will say this. I will say this. For, in, in this movie's defense, while Cosmopolis I thought was a genuinely shitty movie, I, I hated that movie. I think that there, that Naked Lunch uh, is for a specific type of audience, and it's unfortunately not me. I think that it is well made. It's got some great imagery, some good acting, uh, but I just, it is not me. I would bet you anything that you would like that movie, but I don't know why it just, I did not get into that movie at all. At all. Would it surprise um, you if I said that I expected you to come back with that review? Yeah. No, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I. I yep. would I would really like to watch that movie, please. Before you get I've rid got of it. the I've got the Criterion Blu-ray, so I got it for a, a decent price. So if you want to watch it, I would love to hear someone else's review. Um, it very much feels like a David Cronenberg movie. It reeks of David Cronenberg, but I'm just like, it. This is not doing it for me. Nope. <laughs> Are you gonna get rid of it? I don't. It's Criterion. I don't think so. Um, 
I might give it another view down the road and I might find that I, I, I don't know, it might, I might turn around on it. Uh, Peter Weller is really good. And it honestly, to me, this is my very brief review of it. It felt like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but not as good. Because mm-hmm. it is two hours of just drug-induced, uh, surreally weirdness that makes no sense. None of it made sense to me at all, but I might, I, you know, it just, it didn't speak well, to me. Even the positive, the positive reviews that I've read of it make it sound like, um, it's one of those things that has found a cult following that was not loved on first watch and then people rewatch it and they're like, oh, actually now I see what he's kind of going for and I enjoy it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And th- there is a chance, I will say there is a chance with this one that I could turn around on that movie eventually, but my first viewing, I'm like, oh, this is, come on, get on with it. And, ah. Uh, we'll see. So, I'll, I'll borrow it from you and give it a watch. Okay. I've been um, dying to watch that thing for years. I, I, I really am curious what you would think of it. I would be surprised if you would not quite enjoy that movie, but I, I I'm not sure. Um, next up is Rabid. This is number 12. Yes. That movie was, uh, I let me just pull that up here real quick. Here, Rabbit came out in 1977. That was the movie after Shivers, uh, and he was still. I think that he was still trying to get his, you know, kind of find his sweet spot in how to, you know, the movies he was making. It's a body horror movie. Uh, Marilyn Chambers, who was a porn star, she gets infected from a tr- uh, blood transfusion, or there's this. She's in a motorcycle accident, car accident thing, and she, uh, she goes in for a skin graft act- actually, and it, it gives her. Uh, this, uh, this weird, uh, little penisy looking thing that pops out of her armpit that bites people. And it's a kind of, it's a vampire movie, honestly, is what the movie is. Um, but it's really slow paced and unlike Shivers, which I actually, the more I think about Shivers, I gotta say, the more I actually liked that movie, uh, Rabbit just, it was slow and not much going on and like, uh, it's kind of the same thing as Shivers, kind of, but not as good. That's okay. Uh, Your Shivers review, I, w- I was listening to it again while I was editing the pod, and it was like exactly as I remember mine, uh, my review of it when I did the roulette. It was, you can see the birth of what we call 80s Cronenberg happening here. It just hadn't quite got its full-fledged yeah. thing going it was your review is almost word for word as like mine was oh good yeah and seriously like the more i think about uh shivers the more i'm like i kind of i i did really dig that movie um but but for some reason rabid and i watched rabid years and years ago on vhs back when i worked at the video connection i remember uh borrowing it from them and watching it and thinking even back then i vaguely remember thinking eh and i still it's eh whatever so I gotcha. number 11 okay Okay, number 11 is Crash. Uh, now, I will say this for Crash. I have not watched this movie in many, many, many years. But when I did watch it, I I thought it was just okay. Holly Hunter, James Spader. And it's, it's – don't people get off on uh, – Car crashes. Car yeah. crashes and sex. And I'm, I don't re- – I recall not much liking it. Uh, but again, I don't want to judge it too harshly because I haven't seen it in so long. I uh, so. can just copy and paste that review for me. Okay. Uh, right. Now we have caught up. My okay. num- my number eleven. Okay. Is Shivers, which uh, I just got uh, done talking about. Yep, and <laughs> that's same here. Shivers is number eleven. 
Well, that's funny because you just told me number 11 was Crash. Oh, did I? Um, okay, well, Shivers is after Crash for me, so there you go. Okay, number 10 for you. We got to keep this. I just compiled our top 100s. A lot of curiosity going on over. Oh, on I know. It's 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 naked lunch over here. It's just a drug fueled weird. <laughs> I, I I was amazed that you had a uh, prosthetic KY jelly coming out of typewriters and yeah yeah I mean, you had certain movies in your uh, top honorable fifty honorable mentions at like three different places. I was like the same <laughs> the same movie. I'm like, what is happening here? And then I was like, you idiot. And then I was like, uh, well, I didn't catch it, so me idiot too. I yeah. guess. <laughs> Or is there ulterior motives going on that you don't know about yet? Oh, I know what was going on. You were constantly changing your list. And yes. And the movies yeah, kept moving up and down. And... Yeah, right up to, like, record time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Number So number 10, then, was Shivers? Yes. Okie dokie. Number... Uh, where are we at? Oh, my number 10 is Crash. Same, same review that you had. I, I watched it when it came out, and... I, it was supposed to be kind of a sexier, erotic thing, maybe, I thought, and it was just very strange. People, yeah, getting off and crashing cars into each other, and I was like, huh? But I haven't seen it since it came out, so I, we'll see. Um, I'm going to jump ahead here, because I'm supposed to be in the lead. Number nine is from 2002, Spider. Do you remember this movie? Oh, very well, yes. Really? Oh, um, yes. We've just never I've seen that movie numerous times. Oh, I've only... I think I've only seen it once, and I blind bought it because it was David Cronenberg and um, ah, the guy that stars in it. Can't remember his name. Voldemort. No, Fines. Yeah, uh, was it Ralph Fines? It's great that the Harry Potter hater goes to Voldemort for that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Whatever. Yep. Uh, I really enjoyed Spider. It definitely. It it didn't really capture me until the third act when things started kind of coming mm-hmm. together, as I recall, but. That is not a wide audience type of film, nor was it really intended to be. But again, you're starting to get the flavor of the later Cronenberg wanting to focus on characters, and it still has a weird kind of body horror. It's filmed in that way of a body horror, but it is not a body horror at all. Do you know what I mean? Where oh, I still yes. kind of feel yep. icky, but it's not icky. Anyway, that's all for Spider at number nine. What do you have for number nine? Number nine for me is uh, Stephen King's The Dead Zone, uh, or David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone, but it's based on the Stephen King novel. Christopher Walken is in this movie, Tom Skerritt. Uh, this movie is very good, and it does have a very Canadian, David Cronenberg-y cold feel to it. Uh, I think that this is a pretty pretty solid adaption of a King novel also. I really liked that, That because I, I read the book, and it's... It, there's some changes to it, but it is pretty accurate in in uh, with going along with the book. And I, I liked the movie, but he has got some fantastic movies, and this is this is good. It's not fantastic. I, I have a feeling these lists are going to uh, start to mirror very quickly because you and I love that late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Movie. Number eight for me is the Dead Zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I also like this movie, and now we're getting right into the the core center of the Cronenberg that you and I love. Yeah. Um, but this would be the very bottom of that of that sweet spot because yep, agreed. it's a good movie, and it's a interesting idea from King, 
and it's all played out very well, but it just sort of like, it's not one that I'm running back to rewatch all that often, because it's depressing, and he's constantly having headaches and breaking down. Yes, and I couldn't agree more. Yep. That's exactly why I don't run back to that well. Yeah, uh, that's a great, that's a, actually, that's a great uh, thing that you bring up, is the movie itself, the entire movie is just depressing the whole way through, and it's part of it is, I think, is, it seems like it's cold the whole time. I remember mm-hmm. watching it like the, the landscape is cold and everybody's wearing coats. and nah, But it's good. It's a good movie. I agree. Number eight for you. Number eight is Spider. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say this. I really liked that movie. It was so weird and it came out of nowhere. That was – I think that I was, again, still working at Video Connection or it was very shortly thereafter. In and 2002? Okay, I guess not. But it was one where I don't, if it got a theatrical release, that was, I didn't hear about it. And I thought that Cronenberg was big enough to garner, you know, big theatrical releases, but it just kind of popped up on DVD at that point. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, okay, this is a new Cronenberg movie. And it was very different from his other stuff, but I really liked it and it's uncomfortable. It, it, It mainly takes place in an apartment, right? Man, it's been so long since I've watched it. I, I'm genuinely surprised that you've seen it. I I thought that was one I'd have on you that you had never even watched. Oh no, I've watched that. I've watched it several times uh, because I did enjoy the movie and with just how uncomfortable the movie uh, the movie was. But yeah, Ralph Fiennes is in it and Gabriel Byrne is in it. That's so well shot. I do remember yeah. that. It was so well shot. I've actually looked for that movie. There is no Blu-ray release to my knowledge anywhere on the planet. I'm good so. with my DVD. Yeah. I might want to borrow that from you sometime. I don't even have it on DVD anymore. No problem. There you go. Um, Okay. My turn. There you go. That was your number eight. Number seven, The Brood from 1979. And this was a DVD from, is this one of those MGM ones? Yes. Okay. I blind bought it because it had a real cool, simplistic cover, and it's Cronenberg, and, you know, late 70s, early 80s. All right, let's give it a shot. And I... (laughs) I watched it and I was like, that was really kind of weird and unsettling and gross. Almost like it was late 70s, early 80s David Cronenberg movie. And uh, I remember talking to you about it and being like, yeah, I, I liked it. That was pretty good. And you were like, ugh, that sucked. I didn't like it. And so you rewatched it recently? Yes, I did. Uh, do you want to give your thoughts on that or more to come later? More to come later. Yes. Okay. We're not lining up there. That's fine, but I have The Brood at number seven. I do give that movie a thumbs up. I wouldn't go overwhelming thumbs up, but I put it above the dead zone. Okay. Number seven. Number seven for me is Eastern Promises, which I finished earlier today. Uh, You've, I'm sure, seen Eastern Promises. I own it. Okay. Um, Good movie. Uh, But I think that this came out Two years after A History of Violence, and it has similar themes in it as far – to me, it, it felt yeah. very similar to A History of Violence. It's good. It, it's a very good movie. Uh, I think that um, – oh, what's his name? Vincent Cassell is extremely good as the slimy scumbag buddy of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the storyline is typical, kind of uncomfortable. They're dealing with – uh, with, uh, prostitution and, uh, eh, it's just, 
ick. Uh, but it's a good movie. <laughs> and mobs a, and cops and robbers. and Yeah, and there's a great uh, knife fight scene in a bathhouse that is the highlight of the movie. It's so good and mm-hmm. it's so well shot and gross. And he has a way of shooting violence that is just – it's – Oof, man, brutal. And that, that scene there was the highlight of the movie. The movie itself was very good, but it's not his best stuff, but enjoyable. Good movie. Uh, more to come on that later. Number six for me is Scanners from 1981. And I felt bad even dropping it this far, but you know, the, the charm of that movie or the appeal of that movie is a couple of scenes. And other than that, it's like, am I running back to see it? No, I can see the GIF every other day on on, on the Facebook. <laughs> kaboom, kaboom, yeah. Yeah, of the best part of the entire movie. Because mm-hmm. really, that is the best part. And other than that, it's like, meh. We got some people, and they have headaches too, and they have telekinesis and brains exploding, and all right. And then I noticed on Shout Factory TV that there's a Scanners 2 and 3 and... I didn't know those existed, so I'm going to have to dive on those. Oh, I, you should. I will. <laughs> I do enjoy the movie, but it's, again, not one that I'm like, oh, I should rewatch that, because it really is just like a couple of scenes in that movie that are great, and the rest, the plot is, eh. Yeah. Whatever. Six. Okay. Uh, it's Scanners, for me. <laughs> we uh, lined it, up perfectly on that. Yeah, it's a good movie. It really is. But you're right. There are moments in there. There are stretches of the movie where it's like, okay, let's get on to the next cool effects shot. And the effects shots in the movie are really good. Michael Ironstein plays a great bad guy. He is a great bad guy in this movie. You he's, remember? He, oh, he's great in everything. He's Michael Ironstein. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Uh, but, yeah, the movie itself, I remember the first time I saw that movie thinking that is such a great movie. But it was just because of the special effects. And then the more I watched it, I'm like, ah, it's not quite that good. But there is still there there is still some good stuff going on in the movie. Um, the one actor in the movie, uh, what's his name? Uh, bear with me here just a second. I, I thought that he was in Dawn of the, he was the main guy in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, does that sound right to you? I haven't not? watched Scanners in forever. Not, okay. Not long. I, I just remember Michael Ironside and everybody else was not Michael Ironside. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, but it's a, it's a solid movie. It's, yeah, it's more of his early 80s body horror stuff. Yep. Uh, number five for me is Eastern Promises. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, now he, in his later work, he gets out of, not out of the body horror stuff, but he's moved away from it. He's doing this more character stuff. A History of Violence was a big turning point, as we said before. Uh, loved that movie. And then his next one, I believe that was his next one, right? Eastern Promises? Yes. So yes. my expectations yep. were through the roof, and they were, this was not a History of Violence. So I was like, oh, dang it. I mean, it's good, but dang it. <laughs> uh, rewatched it again, and it was like, this is a damn good movie of it is mobsters, undercover uh, cop people, all all kinds of shenanigans, uh, Sopranos type shit in Russia, basically. Um, I I loved it for what it it is as far as being a later Cronenberg. Uh, that's about all I'm going to say about that. Okay, number five for you. Five for me is Videodrome. Uh, I love this movie. I've seen it numerous times. It's 
It's not my favorite Cronenberg movie, and every time I watch it, there's striking imagery, just like in Scanners, just a little bit more so. Uh, it dabbles with, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to say too much because there's some other stuff I want to talk about with his other movies, but, um, again, dealing with body horror, James Woods is in it, and I love the ending. I think the ending is so cool. The, the, uh, practical effects in it are great and it's just one of those things where it's like when you're watching it, you're like how did this movie get made like who financed this batshit crazy weird thing and i know that i had issue with naked lunch this one here also kind of has that what is actually going on but i for some reason this connected with me i totally on board with videodrome and on top of uh, who financed, oh, number four for me is Videodrome. Uh, on top of who financed this weird ass shit, it's sort of, uh, and how did it get made? Also, um, being on set and these visual effects, how the fuck did this get made? Like, how do you do these kinds of effects? And this is so bizarre and strange, and it's like a weird marriage of uh, claymation, but with real yeah. people. And it, it just looks slimy and gross and weird and uh, that i know and i will say this uh going back to naked lunch is there are scenes in, in naked lunch where i'm like oh that's david cronenberg it's got that slimy ky jelly thing going on <laughs> it's like it's not really bloody but it's like oh this is gross and just uh, that looks like an that looks like an asshole there that's <laughs> like with shit ah okay okay <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to think of that guy's name or that uh, designs all the alien stuff. Uh, oh, uh, Geiger. Guy, yeah. H.R. Yeah. Geiger. It has the yeah. same kind of slimy appeal where it's like, I kind of have a boner and feel horrible about myself <laughs> at the same time. But yes. Slightly aroused and feeling bad about myself. Except with, uh, yeah, Cronenberg stuff, it's sort of like, it's like my asshole, but I'm still want to look at it. Yeah. It's like, oh, and now there's, there's goo coming. <laughs> but yet I can't turn away. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Videodrome, folks. There, there you go. go. Videodrome in a nutshell. And I haven't seen yeah. it in a few years, and so I can't quite remember everything that happened in that movie. But I had the same kind of reaction that you did. It's as, uh, what were we talking about? Scanners. The great effects, but there was enough plot going on that I was like, this is interesting, and I almost understand what's going on, but at the same time, what the fuck is going on? Yes. Anyway. Yep. Number four for you. Um, number four. Uh, Wait. Oh, so Videodrome was, we were the same on there. Uh, you um, were five and I was four. I, I did the next. Okay. Uh, next up for me is A History of Violence. His first foray into non-body horror and, uh, a great movie. And this is one again where other than no, the violence. That, that is, uh, spider wasn't up. It was. No, uh, Spider. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but the violence in this movie crash, when it crash did was, happen. Crash wasn't a body horror either. Oh, uh, really? I mean. Uh, ah, whatever. Uh, Forget it. History of violence. Carry on. Okay. (laughs) A history of violence, uh, the much more of a character study, like we said. Um, let me just pull this up here. Sorry. I'm, I'm on IMDb, like trying to pull up every movie just so that I have a thing to go on. Um, okay. So the violence in the movie very much is David Cronenberg. It's, it, I don't want to say it's out of place, but it's so graphic and sudden that it immediately takes me back to his earlier works of where it's like, oh, that was gross. And the, the story itself, it, it it almost feels like it shouldn't be that violent and gross. Does that make sense? Like, 
there's some hard hitting violent stuff going on in this movie, but the subject matter itself is, it's hard to, for me to say. I feel like I'm mumbling. Oh, sometimes I like to just Shit. be quiet and let you wander and damn the it. No, you're I fine. Know, you're I'm fine. Just, well, because I take, whiz, I take over too much. That's the problem. Uh, I, I have to edit this shit, and then I listen, and I'm like, shut up, just shut up. <laughs> Eric, shut up, you dumb, uh, drunk asshole. Okay, uh, number three for uh, me is a history of violence, so we'll just dive right into it. <laughs> We're just going okay. tit for tat here. I was, That's um, hilarious. Yeah, I felt the same way about uh, the sudden bursts of violence as, as you. It was sort of like, whoa, it was a little out of place, but it's Cronenberg, so, you know, he's ramping it up maybe a little bit here and there, and I love it. Um, uh, but then I heard it was based on a graphic novel. I did not know that. It was an independent graphic novel. Mm. I think it was released by Vertigo. I could be wrong on that. I was going to have it here, but it's on my shelf. And, um, so I, I watched the movie a few times before I got to the graphic novel. I found it dirt cheap, and I was like, ah, what the hell? It's a black and white graphic novel. Do you want to know the difference between the graphic novel and this? Or do you want to yes. read it? Yes. Oh, no, no. Very much so. Yes. Because uh, we'll go spoiler. This is movie spoiler oh, and, yeah. and book spoiler here. Hey, the movie came out a long time ago. Yeah. It's... I know, but it's a spoiler for the book. Okay. Oh, okay. So the now it's been a while since I read it, but as I recall, the bulk of the book and the movie line up almost like, like Fight Club extremely, extremely well until okay. the excuse me, um, climax of the third act. You remember in the movie, he goes back to the city to find mm -hmm. his brother, who is the gangster leader, and he's mad at him about some shit. I don't even remember what in the movie. Yeah, um, William Hurt. Yeah, it was yep. William Hurt. And whatever. In the book, what happened was him and his brother ripped off some mob bosses, I believe. Don't quote me on that. And... They were in trouble, and they got separated as they were escaping, and he left the city. And he thought his brother was dead. So, there's a little deviation up front of the movie with that. And then, at the end, when he goes back to the city, to face the mob guys that are after him or whatever, to clean house, his brother was a partner of his in crime. He was not the head of the, the crime people. So when he went back, they were like, oh, we've been looking for you for, what was it, a decade? Yeah. They kept his brother, and he was alive. They saved his life. And they kept him alive in their headquarters, torturing him for a decade. Okay. By the time he got back to his brother, he was nothing but a torso hanging from the ceiling. He was a torso yeah. and a head, and that was it. Wow, that would be different from the movie. So he, I think he killed his own brother then at the end of it, but it was not out of vengeance like it was in the movie. It was out of sympathy. I didn't yeah. mean to leave you. I thought you were dead kind of thing. And it was horrific in the book. It was like, and so after watching the movie and loving the movie and Cronenberg, you know, oh, he's spicing up the violence and then going to the book and going, oh, he toned down the violence at the end. Like, why didn't he do that? That would have been such a Cronenberg ending. Yes, especially with act. the body horror. Yeah. yeah, why didn't he do that? I was, Ooh, I was man. so shocked by that. Now, I could be so wrong. Maybe I'm confusing it with something else. I haven't read it in so long. Uh, <laughs> when, when did that come out? Uh, 2005. So it's it's yeah. been over a decade since I read that book. So forgive me if I'm mixing it up with something else. But uh, anyway, I, I just, I love that movie. And it was a serious contender for, for the top uh, spot. 
Yeah, that's a great movie. All performances are fantastic. Ed Harris was great as the henchman. And everything. Um, yeah, and, and, and everything. Maria Bello was just gorgeous and awesome. And I felt so bad for her character the whole way through because like, she wants to be the loving wife, but she's sensing that this guy is not the guy she married. And that final scene at the kitchen table is so good in the movie. Yep. And I, I don't want to spoil that, but it was just a very great ending to the movie. Great movie. Number so. three for you. Number three Sorry for Sorry to is... keep making you kind of lead, but you keep talking about <laughs> my next thing on my list. And so we're uh, just going to. Okay, next up for me is The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> this is hilarious. So. Carry yeah. on. So, Yes, Gina Davis and uh, Jeff Goldblum. I remember actually when this movie came out and there was a huge uproar about this movie and the effects in the movie. Like I remember the quote-unquote news and like we would sit down and we would watch news and I remember I remember it vividly how they were talking about this this new movie coming out The Fly and it's so disgusting and gross and, and why are they making things like this and it's like uh, because news sucks, that's why. Um, but it's it's a great it's a great movie. And having watched the original Vincent Price movie on roulette on our show, nonetheless, um, it it's I love how it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of John Carpenter's The Thing versus the original fifties The Thing. And I haven't seen that version. I've seen clips of it, but not. The whole thing. I know. Uh, I know. I know where you're going with this. This is quintessential yeah. direct. This director. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, but he take he took the core storyline and he made it his own, and it works flawlessly. It, it. I watched it just recently again on Blu-ray, and it still holds up. The effects are so good, and the movie is honestly heartbreaking when you watch it again. And you really genuinely like Jeff Goldblum's character as uh, Seth Brundle and what he goes through. He's this, you know, he's a genius that is trying to do something better for humanity. And in the process, you know, he, because the media gets involved, he has to do this and this and this and this. And anyway, um, but it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie and it's gross, but it's heartbreaking. It's so freaking gross, man. When he's in the bathroom and the teeth and the fingernails and it's like, I still can't watch that without looking through my fingers. Like, Oh, stop. God. Yeah, I know. Yep. Oh, and the puking and oh, Oh, number two for me is the fly, by the way, where we're just bouncing right back and forth. I'm so curious though. I think I know what your number one is, but what's your number two? Hmm. No. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to be like, oh, my number one. Sorry, we messed up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 okay. I'm good. No, so anything else, else with I, the flyer? I or? mean, what else is there to say? It is the quintessential Cronenberg. This is probably my first Cronenberg movie that I watched. And it was very hard to watch because it was my first real slimy body horror type thing. Yeah. As I'm sure it was for many people. And then, you know, going back and watching the other stuff, it's like, yeah, I, I dig this. This is unique and yeah. just disturbing without being Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, it's so hard to explain because body horror is such a weird little niche kind of horror subgenre. It is. I know. But it, but this it one, totally works. It, it's Goldblum. I mean, he sells the shit out of whatever he's in. It's He's fascinating to watch. And he was so good in this. And even watching it again recently, I'm like, wow, that dude was like buff for this movie. Like, cause he had to be, because once he, 
assimilates with the fly DNA, it's like, oh, now he's got to be really strong because whatever. I'm like, that dude's ripped. Yep. All right. Oh, nice. yeah. And he's uh, doing those push-ups on the chair or spinning around, you know, whatever the hell he was doing. Remember that? No. yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, number two for me is The Brood. Oh, oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, wow, yes. did that move up for you? It did. Yes, it very much did. Because uh, it, it was not near that high, but uh, upon this most recent rewatch, uh, I loved this movie. I loved every single thing about the movie. The storyline, the effects, uh, the it was downright creepy to me. Uh, very creepy. For, uh, and I think it's because I am now a father of two. And this does very much deal with child rearing, um, in psychiatry and mental health. And it is so good. So good. I was never bored like I was with, eh, not so much shivers. Shivers a little bit, but especially rabbit and even scanners. I was like, I'm kind of bored. Here, I was never bored. I was totally like, what the hell is going to happen next? And who are these creepy, gross-looking little kids in this movie? And then it ends with such a... I'm jumping back to the whole body horror thing, but that ending is such a what in the hell am I looking at on screen? That is gross. That is the brood. Oliver Reed is great as the... Very untrustworthy, shrinky type guy in the movie that you never ever trust. Uh, but it, it, I think that this movie here just was him at his seventies best to me. Ah, well said. I, I'm shocked on two fronts. One, that it beat out the fly because I know how much you love that movie. And two, I'm thrilled that your rewatch was so positive because I remember I distinctly remember watching that movie and saying, "Yeah, it was good." And you were like, ah. <laughs> so "This I'm, most recent, yeah, I'm serious. This most recent rewatch, I was the whole way through. I'm like, oh man, and I, I almost forgot. Like, well, okay, what's gonna happen next? And then this would happen, and this would, and then there'd be. It, and for the record, the storyline, I got the storyline so cool how. This, uh, this psychiatrist has discovered a way to, to badger his, uh, his patients into, like, making them so angry that their, uh, they start to, like, their internal demons start to form, like, manifest themselves in the real world. And so one guy gets boils all over himself. And I don't want to say too much more because if there are people that have not seen the movie, that's part of the fun of the brood is just the craziness that is the last act of the movie. It's so crazy. And that is Ugh. such a Cronenberg-esque synopsis of a film. It just, yeah. and I, I had a window, uh, here the other day when we were talking about, uh, Cronenberg and I was like, okay, I, I want to try and check another one off my list. And I went looking for, uh, rabid and I was trying to find it. I think, cause I thought I had found a place where I could watch it on the internet on YouTube. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, and I kept coming up bust, and I spent so much time dicking around with that. I was like, maybe I should watch The Brood again, but it's down in the vault in the basement, and so I'd have to go down and dig through tubs, and I just I, then I didn't, I wouldn't have had time to even watch it because I spent so much time dicking around trying to watch Rabbit. Yeah. Um, but I am going to pull that one out, and I want to watch it again because it's been so long. I just remember that some seriously gross pregnancy 
Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Stuff in and the I end. will say for the, for any viewer out there that is interested in the Blu-ray, um, I know that Criterion Collection put this one out on Blu-ray. I actually opted for the UK release that has a completely different color timing to it, and uh, I did some research on it, and I preferred the color timing on the UK version versus the Criterion Collection, and it's cheaper if you have a uh, Region B Blu-ray player, and I do. So I actually imported this movie versus seeking out the Criterion Collection because of the... Uh, it's totally different. Like, the... like. Scenes look different in this movie than they do on Criterion. So, anyway, that's nerd talk. Anyway, back to you. No, you're good. I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get on to the number one film of his that we both love, obviously. And I was kind of surprised that it made it to number one for me, and I assumed it was going to for you. And that is Existence yep. from 1999. This is the perfect culmination of everything that I love, plus through a Cronenberg lens, which yep. is we got video games, virtual reality, we have uh, layers on top of layers and twists and turns and uh, secret endings and um, gross body horror science fiction all rolled into one big slimy ball of awesome shit. Yeah, and it's and it's still ahead of its time, in my opinion. I agree. I think that movie is still ahead of its time. I agree, and they they did some amazing things as far as. Uh, <sighs> Getting skirting around special effects that you would have needed a gigantic budget to do, but in 1999 you were still in practical effects kind of era. CGI hadn't taken over enough, and so it was like, no, you just plug this little wormy intestine-looking bubble thing into your back, and then you're in a video game. And it was like, huh? Um, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, but it works, and you know, I kind of on uh, saw was waiting. Uh, I didn't predict the ending, but it was like, I'm going to wait till this all plays out till I see what's going on, because there's so many layers going on here. And then when it happened, I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. hell yeah. It was so good. I, I have, the first time I watched this movie uh, was back on VHS, I believe, and I was stunned at how good this movie was. And it, it haunted me, especially the scene uh, where Jude Law goes to this fish house restaurant type. the restaurant, restaurant. Scene with the bone gun I yes and i'm like that it haunted me like it literally kind of ruined my night's sleep that night because it was so like these all these dirty workers are sitting there in their stuffing their faces full of this gross fish shit and then they oh and they, the bone gun and oh it was so nasty but it was great being it a, was so being a little more of a video gamer than you are i don't mean that insultingly i just no i know um I was fascinated with that movie with what it did with uh, what we call NPCs, which are non-player characters. Are you aware mm -hmm. of that term? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, because especially in that fish market scene, where it's like all of a sudden everybody stops, or they look at you, yeah. and you're like, "Are they zombies? Are they all going? You're expecting them all attack or something? They're just, eh, we'll go about our business. Chinka, chinka, chinka. You know the plates and uh, forks start clanking, and everybody goes back to their meal. No big deal. And I think about that from time to time that scene while i'm playing video games it's like how can i walk up and fuck with this guy you know as yeah. you as you do in some video games and sometimes you walk up and you punch him in the face and they go hey why'd you do that would you like to would you like to buy a extra backpack to carry more of your wares in traveler or you know like they just totally yeah yeah whatever moving on 
And this was 17 years ago. Yeah. This movie was made. It's genius. It's genius. And I, we might be the only two people that think this is the best movie that Cronenberg ever made. Cause I don't think of a lot of reviewers thinking that Ex- Existence is his best work. It's, it's like, oh no, it's a, you know, a Videodrome or, you know. I could see a lot of people going to the fly. And and Videodrome, yeah. I would see being very high up there, and the pretentious ones would go, Crash! Crash is the most yeah. powerful thing he's ever made. Yeah. So, yeah, death to the demoness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cast, Long everything. The new flesh. <laughs> yes, it's it's not dated. Like, I, I have the Blu-ray, and the thing still feels... Like wow, that's this. This could happen in our future. This is something that could become a reality. Oh yeah, especially so. with our conversation last time about mm-hmm. VR and AR. That's not too far off. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with how our lists really lined up. I am quite... too. I'm surprised. <laughs> I didn't think they'd be that close, but that's yeah. that's great. Okay. Let's... Did you did you expect did you expect by the way that existence would be number one for me? I kind of did. I, I, I thought okay. it would definitely be in the ballpark. I figured it'd be that or the fly, but I am tickled that the brood got some love. I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to rewatching it now. Okay. Yep. Are you ready to wrap this up on Cronenberg? Yes. Yep. Okay. Let's wrap up our director spotlight the way we always do with a quote from the man himself. Here we go. I read a lot of fricking quotes and let me tell you, Cronenberg, uh, makes some damn good movies, but He seems like a prickly pear. Let's just put it that way. Um, (laughs) But I found one that I really liked. Critics tend to do what only psychotics do. They confuse reality with illusion. There you have it. That's why they get so, that's why they get so offended at shit. they, They can't disassociate real from fiction. Okay, let's move into Recently Watched. Are you ready, Jake Sully? Yes. Okay. Uh, First up, we'll get off my list real quick here. The IT Crowd, Season 5. Did you know they added a new season? No, but that's a hilarious show. Yeah, well, they added... And they're still going, like, the same people are still on the show? The same people. Season 5. Here we go. Let's cue this bitch up. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) And it's exactly (laughs) one episode. Okay. And it's called the final episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they got all the same people back, so I was like on board, on board for it. I think it was like 40 or 50 minutes. I was like, all right, that's, maybe they all just kind of gathered back for one send-off episode. And that's basically what it was. There was one giant, giant thing that really annoyed the shit out of me right from the get-go and all the way through the episode, but I'm not going to tell you what it was because I know you're like, you're going to watch this, right? Oh, the IT, yeah. that, that show is hilarious. Okay, you're going to watch it, so I don't want to put it in your head. Just go ahead and watch and enjoy and come back, and then we'll discuss what annoyed the shit out of me. But okay. as it is, it's another fine episode of the IT crowd, so give that one a watch. Uh, and next, uh, I'll do a little doubleheader, so that was so short. Uh, Mark Marin, Thinky Pain, stand-up comedy routine from the legendary podcaster. And... I really enjoyed it. I listen to his show all the time, so I kind of know him. I'm not really going to recommend this one to you, because I think you would take him in a way that I don't want you to. I I would like you to know him a little more before you sit down and and watch this, because I don't think you would appreciate it as much as I do, or as, I like, if you would get to know him a little bit more... (sighs) Okay, let's just... I'll just quit dancing around it. I think you'd watch about 30 minutes of this and go, ah, hipster bullshit and turn it off. Uh, and, yep, okay. And, and here's the thing. If you actually knew him and 
you wouldn't think that. And if you would watch the next hour where he starts making fun of hipsters, you would no. like it. But you see, he has a very different style of stand-up. It's not, hey, I pre-wrote these jokes, so let me tell them to you in a certain way. It's just at some, it's very freestyle kind of, let's just work through some shit. That's what he says all the time. And hey, this is why I'm fucked up, so let's talk about it. And then, you know, we'll make some jokes out of it. And he does, and it works, and it's funny. But only if you have spent a little bit of time with him and know him. Like, I have encouraged you from time to time to listen to a couple of his episodes uh, of his podcast. I don't even listen to all of them. He does two a week. I, I, I only listen to the ones with comedians or people from the film industry. And that's most of them. Um. Okay. But even a lot of those, I'll listen to half of it and I'll delete it because I'm like, eh, I'm I'm not really digging this episode. Skip. And then I'll find, like today, I deleted one with uh, Billy Crystal. I was like, oh, this will be good. Yeah. I listened to half of it. I was like, nope, I'm out. Because they. Why? Well, Marin's like 45 and Billy Crystal's like 103. So they spent their (laughs) entire time talking about uh, old Hollywood and old comedians and old. Uh, club scenes that I have no, I don't even know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Okay. And yeah. So I'm like, yeah. But then, like last week, he had this other comedian in. Um, I have never even heard of, and it was a buddy of his. I, I don't. I don't, honestly, I can't even tell you his name. I haven't even heard of him. Uh, before that, they did about two and a half hours, and I was glued to every single word, and it was not all kinds of yucks. They were talking about some serious stuff combined with some really funny jokes ripping each other and shit. And I was laughing for two and a half hours and also got some good, um, <laughs> emotional growth out of it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. He's a, a long-term alcoholic. He's been sober for like 16 years and he's trying to, he working through, why do I have this anger about working through emotional issues as people are, yeah, our age start to, go through and it's oh yeah it's still very interesting sometimes totally works sometimes i'm tuned right out Uh, so i'm not telling you to like go download all 700 episodes of his podcast and listen to it i'm not saying that i'm i'm telling you i'm kind of an arm length fan but i really like him so it really worked for me on that level but i don't i don't know if you'd like it or not so i'm not telling you to run watch it but if you are a fan of the man thinky pain was hilarious okay over to you sir Okay, so uh, I'm going to do a quick double header here. This is going to be fairly quick, at least for one of them, because we've talked about this movie numerous times on the show, and that is Rob Zombie's theatrical cut of Halloween 2 from 2008 or 9, I believe. I've watched it again. Uh, I, I already, like, September hits, and I'm like, okay, we're two months away from Halloween, so I should start watching Halloween movies. Yes, that's my that's my inner weirdness going on right there. <laughs> Actually, one month away uh, from well, two months from Halloween. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, I like cor- I, I like correcting you on fickle shit tonight. I guess that's what yes. I'm getting. At. <laughs> well, because it's because of my my bum ankle yes. right now. That's. <laughs> uh, but so I had to watch it again because I watched it like back to back to back. I, when I, as we all know, once Eugene likes a movie. He watches it a hundred times in three months. <laughs> Evil Dead. Um, but th- this is like a, this is an anomaly. A movie that I watched a couple times, the director's cut, and I'm like, nope, this is not good. I don't like this. And then 
I watched the theatrical cut and I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is good. And that is Rob Zombie's Halloween part two, which is significantly better than the director's cut. Well, after that, which, so there you go. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. I, I'm like, you know what? I want to rewatch the original Halloween two from 1981 from director Rick Rothens, Rothenthal. Judas. Roth, yeah. Rothen, Rothen how now? <laughs> Rothenthal. There you go. Rothenthal. I still can't tell if you're slurring or if it's just the way his name is spelled. Uh, Rothenthal yeah. or Rothenthal? Yeah, it's, it's, you know what? Uh, yeah, Rick, Rick Clan McGregor. Rick. Uh, so he, <laughs> he, uh, so obviously if you've watched both of these movies, the first 25 minutes of Zombies movie is Set in the hospital like Halloween 2 is from 1981. Uh, Halloween 2, though, is still one of the best examples of the 80s slasher movie. It has everything that, if you like that type of thing, it has everything that you want in it. And I would dare say I like Halloween 2 better than the original Halloween, mainly because it ups the nudity and the violence and the tension. Uh, and the pace, isn't it? And the pace, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, it just, it, it, to me, almost feels more of Halloween season than the original Halloween movie. And I'm probably, uh, on an island all by myself that is in love with Halloween 2 and then 3 and then Zombies Halloween 2. I, for some reason, those three are my favorite of the series. Uh, but it still, it holds up so good. The score is so good. In fact, if it wouldn't be for, uh, for the fact that, that quote unquote, uh, uh, Damn. I don't know what name you're going for here. Uh, John Carpenter. Oh, this totally feels like John Carpenter directed this movie. Watching it, I'm like, well, this is this John Carpenter made this movie because it feels like a John Carpenter movie. I honestly hold on. I honestly didn't know that John Carpenter did not direct Halloween two until about three years ago. I'm not no, kidding. It, I always thought he did. Yeah, it, it looks, sounds, and plays out like a John Carpenter movie. And I do know that he did film some of, like, some pickups in the movie, and obviously the score is him. But everything about this feels like, if you would, again, if you tack on the first one to this and make it one long three-hour movie, it's a one whole long cohesive piece mm -hmm. that just keeps ramping up the the tension. But I love this movie. It still holds up every time I watch it. Uh, that scene in the end, towards the end, where Michael Myers just casually walks right up to the hospital and just walks right into the glass door in the front, and the glass just shatters everywhere. Like, do you remember? I'm not sure if you remember no, it's, that part, but it's, 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 I haven't watched it since VHS days, but I, anyway. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going to let you finish your sentence, but I guess I'll jump no, in here. I was, um, I was, <laughs> since you have to take a drink. Um, I do agree with you. that, And I think one of the reasons I loved it so much, it was my first time seeing a sequel that didn't do like uh, Aliens kind of thing, where it's, uh, we come back much later and we come back with way more people and uh, there's lots of Aliens. This time. We got to up the ante like the sequels did in the 80s. And this, this mm -hmm. one was like, no, we pick up minutes after the original yeah. and just keep minutes. right on going. I, I loved that concept. Yeah, me too. It was great. And the score was a little bit better than the original. Everything was just, they were like, let's make it a little bit better. Just like the whole rules in Scream Part 2. It's like, this is Halloween, but just let's up everything. Let's put a little bit more nudity in it, a little bit more violence, everything about it, and a little bit more tension. It works beautifully. The Scream Factory Blu-ray release is so good. 
but yeah, huge shit eating grin the whole way through. And other than the first 25-ish minutes of Zombies version, they are nothing alike. But I will say this uh, for Zombies version. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we've talked about it before. Uh, I so appreciate the fact that he actually filmed that movie in, in uh, 16 millimeter. Film. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it looks it looks so good. I love the way that movie looks. Uh, it, t- it Just like uh, Ty West's... Uh, uh, House, House of the, of the Devil. Devil. Yeah, it just, it, that feels like an older movie and I love it. The, the biggest misstep I think that Zombie made with his Halloween movies is casting Scout Taylor, whatever her name is. I don't <laughs> like her. I actually, I hate her. Yeah. I hate her. Uh, I hate everything about her. I don't like the way she looks or her acts. Meh. <laughs> everything else about those movies <laughs> is great. That was <laughs> such an angry meh. It was no, yeah. it ceased being a meh. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be meh. Yeah. That was... Yeah, I can't... She talks like this and she... Okay. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to do another double header and I'll be done because we're getting on in time. Okay. But I want you to do another round. So, I'll be... I'll okay. try and be real quick here. Um, <laughs> since they hit Netflix and you reviewed them not too long ago, I've got... I've got to go revisit these because we talk them to death. So, again, not going to try and spend a lot of time. But Jaws 3. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this, this yeah. how can I explain uh, this movie? I, as a recap, as I've said before, is my first introduction to Jaws. I loved it the first time I watched it when I was a kid. I uh, revisited it, you know, a decade later, and I'm like, wow, those special effects are really, really bad. And I probably have not watched it in a good uh, 15 years, I would wager. Wow. So... And after your review, I was like, yeah, I was down on it too. And I'm, you know what? It's on Netflix. Screw it. I'm going to watch it again. You know what? You can have your Top Gun, motherfucker, because <laughs> this Jaws 3 right here, this is my Top Gun. You can have your, you can have your shitty movie from the 80s with terrible acting and special effects because I've got Jaws 3. And, you got Jaws 3. Jaws 3 is mine. And you know what? The effects were not nearly as bad as I remember. There are only a couple of scenes in the third act where the special effects are blatantly horrible. Um, and th- there are some inconsistencies with some of them. As far as uh, early on, the the shark is keeping up with a speedboat pulling skiers going, you know, it's going 80 miles an hour, it looks like, that fin. Shh, just tearing through the water. And then later, yep. when they happen to be trying to fix the tube thing, it's like... Ah, here's Jaws, I'm right behind you, I'm five feet away, and they're like, quick swim, and he's like, wait, wait up, <laughs> wait up. They easily just kind of gently outswim him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the practical effects in those scenes were still really solid. I mean, you could tell they were dated, but they were still totally solid. Where the effects hmm. fail are when it the, there is one scene where the fins aren't moving, when it's coming towards the glass thing. And and it's That's, so bad. It's so yeah. bad. And then the other bad effect is when it's trapped in there and it's clearly claymation. But that's also a sign of the times. I know that yeah. other movies were doing things like that better, but there's some charm to those old practical effects where I'm like, you know what? I let that go. And this watch, the story, I was fine with it. It was okay. It is funny to watch it, though, now, now knowing what you know about SeaWorld being... Uh, yeah. Evil, horrible corporation that it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? 
screw it. I like Jaws 3, and I'm not going to yeah. apologize for that anymore. I liked it. What, what did you think about the cowboy guy? The brother? Yeah. It's all right. Whatever. I mean, he's a douchebag, but what? that's just a trope of 80s bullshit. Come on. Yeah. What movie haven't you? Oh, look. They're, what, what, what was the game they were playing in the bar? They're playing Push Off or Balance or whatever. That oh, was like, oh, yeah. It was like, like, you're oh. so stupid. But how many 80s movies? Have you ever seen Roadhouse? Because that's a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it really is, but it's still heralded as a classic of the eighties. That's just part of the eighties. That's charm. I, I'm, I'm chalking that up to eighties charm and that yeah. you can, you, yeah. you can only get that if you were in the eighties, if you're yeah. watching these movies now and you never experienced that in real life. Um, I totally understand why you hate it, but, uh, we sir that survived the eighties. Yeah. That shit really happened. Yeah. Sorry. That's true. I'm not going to apologize yeah. for liking Jaws 3 anymore. Uh, <laughs> next up, and one more and I'll be done real quick here. I spent some time with good old Jack Burton. Went back to Big Trouble in Little China uh, oh. on your voodoo. And I'm, you know, I've watched this movie like three times now. Th- this this movie's a flawless 10 out of 10 masterpiece of cinema. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, my God. There isn't a frame out of place in this thing. Not a <laughs> piece of dialogue or music or anything. I'm always amazed, though, when I go revisit it, that I constantly seem to forget um, how strongly the element of fantasy plays into it. Like, I always think oh, of, yes. like, martial arts, kung fu, old school martial arts, and, and you know, Western culture crashing up against it with the China town kind of thing like section of chinatown oh bring me your yeah. eastern culture you mystical whatever but then all of a sudden it's like he got hardcore mystical fantasy with this old guy living forever and riding lightning bolts and the special effects all oh, i love it i love yeah. it it's so great and kurt russell being such a doofus it's it, kim Cattrall. Yeah. she was my 80s crush man with mannequin oh, remember- mannequin and this Sexy as hell. It's a fantastic film. I, I adore it. I just, uh, I, I, he's such a lovable dork. You can't not like, like this movie. I'm going to actually keep going on that, uh, on talking about Big Trouble and Little Over China. To you. I'm actually, go, go for yeah, it. I'm going to real quick talk about my experience the first time I saw that movie in the theater. Um, because I, I do love Big Trouble in Little China. I do. I've gone back and forth. There's been times where I've watched it where I'm like, eh, come on, get on with it. But no, it's, it's 80s Carpenter awesome. It is. It's gold. Cool. Um, My favorite line in the whole movie, when they're trying to escape, which way do we go? I don't know. That way, probably. And they all run off. And I'm like, wait, probably? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the oh. best. It's so great. Oh. I especially love, too, that Kurt Russell... Uh, it is no help in the entirety of that movie until the very last, uh, the climax of the movie. Yeah, he's just a good-looking dude. No, no, that, he's entirely you know. worthless. He is knocked out yeah. of every fight. He the, <laughs> the one fight, he goes to grab his boot knife, and as he pulls it out, it gets flung across the room. Everybody's attacking. He runs over to get it, runs back. By the time he gets back, everybody's beaten up. Uh, I mean, <laughs> at the end, he's like... Or, the beginning of the third act, they run into a room full of bad guys. Here's the big fight. Everybody ready? He's got his Uzi up. He's like, rah, war cry, attack, shoots his gun a couple times in the air. It knocks part of the ceiling out. Rocks fall on his yep. head. Knock him out. He's out of the fight for the bulk of it. It's so, it's genius. It's yeah. genius. So my first experience with that movie is uh, back in 86. I saw it in the theater. 
And I watched that movie. My parents and I went on vacation, and on vacation we watched Top Gun. <laughs> and we were in a sold-out theater in practically the front row. I remember this very, very well. I was uh, 12-ish years old. I was at tw- awkward 12-ish years old. And so we watched Top Gun, like, and I'm like, why am I hard when I see Tom Cruise? Yes, I'm like, oh, why, what, what, why are they licking each other? And there's, I was like, take my breath away. This is awkward. And my mom and dad are on either side of me. I'm like, oh, oh this is, I'm strangely aroused, but this is, oh, oh. this volleyball so, scene is so hot, isn't it, mom? Yes, yes. <laughs> So, Maverick, get back here, you pussy. So, anyway, so, yeah, and even that, I'm like, oh, this is awful. What am I doing with my parents watching this? Oh, so, cut to several weeks later, we go to the Quaker Cinema in Dover uh, to watch Big Trouble in Little China. And, uh, or, it, I mean, not several weeks, but it was around the same yeah. time Top Gun, Top Gun was still playing. And the Quaker Cinema was two screens, and there was a mob of people for Top Gun and some for Big Trouble in Little China. And we were there for Big Trouble in Little China. I'm not sure why my mom and dad took me to Big Trouble in Little China or Top Gun for that matter. But I just remember being in that line thinking, <laughs> suckers, I'm going to watch something that looks awesome. And you guys are going to go watch people lick each other with a weird sex scene and and like not much air, like fighting stuff in the air. And like you have fun. And now I love Top Gun, of course. Uh-huh. But... But I just remember that whole experience thinking, I can't believe I'm watching Big Trouble in Little China. And then the movie did not let me down. I'm like, this is great. There's lightning bolts flying out of dudes' hands and yep, machine they, guns and good old Jack yeah. Burton doing his thing. Yep. So anyway, you're going to probably cut all that out because nope. it's worthless nope. nonsense. I'm not, but. It's all saying, <laughs> go ahead, do another review or two or whatever okay. you want to do and then we'll be done. Okay, so last review for me. Um, oh, Gods of Egypt. Let's get that off the plate oh, here. Damn it! The way you say that, I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. No, no, no. <laughs> did you watch it with the wife? <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> yes, I did. I watched the first half, and then she fell asleep. So I'm like, yeah, we're done. Oh, so gosh. I, I watched, I watched part two up in bed. Or uh, yeah. Here we go. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> So then I watched part two the next day. Um, no, no, I, I liked this movie. Trust me. I, this was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, it's not great, great, but oh, I, I gave it three out of five stars. Oh, that's totally fair. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I said it's the best bad movie I've seen in a long time. And the thing is, with a couple of minor changes, I think that it would have been genuinely like, I, I really didn't like the kid. The kid just, I don't know why I'm like. Oh no, I didn't uh, either. I said I didn't, but yeah, but it was. I, I loved that everybody mocked him. Throughout. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, the storyline was actually really good. I'm like, if you liked, if you liked Clash of the Titans and its sequel, I'm like, well, this is that. That's yeah. kind of that, right? I mean, big creatures and, uh, but uh, the kid is the main issue I had with the movie. Otherwise, oh, Gerard Butler was hamming it up. The whole way through. I'm like, he is cashing a paycheck and enjoying himself. He is enjoying himself. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I was totally, totally fun. 
forgettable, enjoyable, whatever CGI. Did you, think that, did you like the CGI work though? Because I've heard mm. some reviews where people were saying it's the worst CGI they've seen in a long time. No, no. I, maybe in 15 years it's going to be very dated because it's very CGI heavy. But no, it looked good. I I thought so too. I, I thought, thought the CGI was great, other than the scenes yeah. where they're standing still. Where the, the scenes where you can tell they're just like, okay, big action green scene. Green screen. Now let's just like chill out and regroup. And I've got a little sand blowing on me. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, you ain't even, not even the ground you're yeah. standing on is real. Yeah. But seriously, like Clash of the Titans and uh, whatever the second one was, it's that. Yeah. It's that. It's. So, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. I'll watch it again, certainly. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, but, I'm yeah. just trying not to interrupt. I, I... Yeah, no, wife, wife fell asleep, so I'm like, ah. Uh, when, when someone falls asleep yeah. with you, you watching tired. a movie, you're like, wah, wah. That's too bad. I, <laughs> I thought maybe it would be one that she would like. At least it was uh, appropriate for her, right? I mean, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. totally. So, I. Also, yeah. did, I thought I was also really amazed that the, uh, the 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 force perspective or whatever the hell they did to make those guys seem twelve feet tall versus a, that was good, very good. I thought it was very effective. Yeah, yeah, and the the comedy was cheesy yet funny. I yeah, it was almost <laughs> like let's make this the weirdest, craziest, yeah. huge budget nonsense we can. Yeah, yeah. Here's one hundred forty million dollars and a lot of acid. Have a ball. Yes. Hey, have fun. But no, I totally enjoyed it. It was, I wish I could have watched it all in one night though. I didn't like that I had to split it up because it took away some of the fun because I was drinking that night uh-huh. and then I'm like, ah, good. I'm done now. <laughs> That's okay. So I will fully accept a three out of five. And honestly, I, I don't even know if I wrote that review yet or whatever, but I honestly, I wouldn't go too much more than that. Maybe on a, I would give it a, another half a star just on pure, shit-eating grin watching a silly piece of trash, you know, kind of enjoyment yeah. level. Yeah, but, uh, but the hate that it got, no. It doesn't warrant the hate that it got. No. I And the complaints of whitewashing. While that is a real thing and totally merited, it's like, this stupid-ass movie? You're complaining? Like, yeah. What? Yeah, really. Who cares? <laughs> it's it's whatever. <laughs> no. Anyway. Yeah. Still my favorite scene in that movie was when the dorky kid that you don't like comes walking around is like, Hey, I've got an idea. And the one God is like, Oh my gosh, I thought you were an ape that like was just wandered in. I didn't know that. you. Were <laughs> yeah. I rewound that part about three times. Cause oh. I was crying. It was awesome. Oh, but the, yeah, the, but the tests that they do and there, there's the big worm creatures and yeah. the big, uh, the huge thing in the end. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all on board for this. <laughs> it's you didn't have the three D version by any chance. No, I didn't. I, Cause I, just looking at it, it, it looks like the kind of thing that would be awesome in 3D. I bet it would be. Yeah, but for what I paid for it, totally worth it. Cool. Yep. Okay. Well, I think uh, anything else you want to do? Tease? Should we do a tease? Um. Yes. Yes. Tease for me. Uh. Once again, I'm going to be boring with my tease. I'm going to watch some shit. That's that's uh, that's the best I got for you because I I never know. I'm just like, eh, should I watch this or that or whatever? I, I'm going to trust me. I'm going to get some shit watched. Plus, I got a couple of other things here that I would like to review. Uh, next episode, Knights of Badastum, I watched again. Ghost, oh, nice. Ghost in the Shell 2, I rewatched again. I put that uh, review up on the Facebook page. Uh, I want to, please go visit us there for um, all our written reviews. And 
that's going to do it for me for teas. What do you have? I have um, a host of Code Red titles that I am looking forward to reviewing. And I know that a lot of those fit perfectly with Cinema Soft Underbelly, my other show. But I do like to talk about them on this show, too, because once the drinking starts, it just makes it fun to talk about these older, weird, obscure things Mm -hmm. from the 70s and 80s. And one of them that I'm looking forward to watching is a movie called Black Candles. And you have to see the cover to fully appreciate what is in store for a movie called Black Candles. It is a hooded skeleton, like a pro wrestler skeleton looking dude holding a pretty much naked woman. And it's a satanic thing <laughs> from the 70s called Black Candles. There you go. So it's on Eugene's shelf immediately. It's, it's, yes, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I, and Silk yeah, is... I'm looking forward uh, to your review of Silk because that's one that I yes. passed by in the VHS days yes. for many a year. It was yep. I always had to pause and like, oh, mom's not looking. I can look at this cover. Oh, Silk. Yes. Wow. Ooh, and I've never watched it. So Yep. I have that now. So that's, that's coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wow, we're getting that filthy this quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because I do remember that that big box VHS back in the day thinking, oh, what? I'm strangely getting uncomfortable here at the video store. No, see, that's the part uh, where it wouldn't be strange. It's the Top Gun where it's strange. That's just... Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't even at the oh. men. It was uh, The strange part was that it was because of the jets. It was, ooh, ooh. What's that? Oh, oh, playing, yeah, playing with the kick boys. Kick the tires, <laughs> kick them. <laughs> oh, sometime we need to do a, uh, uh, we, we need to watch Top Gun and do an audio commentary. On I, that. You know, I've been giving serious thought to Jaws 3 being our next one, but you know, maybe that will be, finish out the, the year for our um, commentaries. It'll be Jaws 3 and Top Gun. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, we'll see. Shenanigans. We'll yeah. see. We'll just see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, other than that, it's it's a whole bunch of underbelly riffraff. Nah, That's fine. You know. I look forward to hearing about yeah. it. Yeah. I oh, no, one last quick thing I that uh before I forget, I just found out that uh because of the six well, I don't want to say because of the success of Don't Breathe, um the director of Evil Dead, uh Feed Alvarez Fede Al- or Fede. Fede yeah, I heard somebody say Fede. Fede We're probably saying okay. it wrong. I don't who can. Yeah, but yeah, him. Um, I guess for Halloween, they're going to release a Blu-ray of the uncut version of his Evil Dead remake. I did hear about that. Which is awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that. So stay tuned for that on a future installment. Because I, if I get that on Blu-ray, we're both going to watch that and talk about that movie. I, I will wait for your review because they certainly didn't cut any gore out of that movie, right? I mean, I can't imagine that. The, I mean, it's so, it's so incredibly, incredibly violent. It had to be yeah. all boring character stuff that didn't work. Yeah. That, yeah. But maybe I'll wait to hear from your review. You yeah, know? exactly. There you go. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap up this episode and be done. Yeah. Okay. And remember what old Jack Burton says, if the TV tries to kill you or your belly button eats your hand, at least you probably got to fool around with Debbie Harry first. I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening.